Pizza Papa always gets paid. Why don't you take some mustard, huh? Come on, it's not permanent. Like they'll stop in a few minutes? About three weeks. Welcome, everybody, to Back in My Day podcast to this very special bonus episode where we will be reviewing Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And today I am joined by Ian Walter and a wife power. Okay, Ian and wife power. Welcome to the bonus episode where we're going to talk Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. We do like to talk uh, most of the Marvel movies, actually, since we've been doing this podcast, we have reviewed. So it's very fitting. It's very fitting with the back in my day theme because we all grew up loving Marvel comics, Marvel movies. So it, it does fit. It does fit the back in my day uh, show theme. So thanks for joining. And before we get started into the spoiler territory, we'll give our you know non-spoilery reactions. So why don't we start with Ian? Then we'll go to Wife Power. Then. Then I'll I'll uh, end it off. So the monumental task. Yes. It's like super hard not to spoil this movie. But uh, if you've been on the internet, you've probably been spoiled by now if you haven't seen it. Um, no, I really like this movie. This uh, it's bonkers. It's a Sam Raimi. It's definitely got Sam Raimi's fingerprints all over it. It's definitely a little bit different. It's a bit of a departure from like the standard Marvel formula. If you ask me, like there is a bit of a linear nature to the story. But there's a lot of sort of new ideas being uh, introduced as well that do affect the MCU, but not as much as like, say, a grounded street level superhero film would, because, you know, you do have that advantage of the multiverse. You can kind of explain away certain things and you can get as crazy as you want without really having to break what's come before. So I think this is like the signal that the multiverse is now, you know, if Loki was teasing the introduction of the multiverse, this is now like the multiverse is here to stay. We're going to get a whole phase probably that deals with multiverse-related stuff for the most part. I mean, there's going to be other things that don't touch the multiverse, but I'm sure it'll be a through line for this phase until we get like some grand, you know, decade-long conclusion a la maybe Secret Wars. But now we're heading into spoiler territory, so I'm going to hand it off to White Power. Don't get me wrong. I did really like the movie. I don't think I have the same Sam Raimi boner that the two of you guys have. You just made Dave title the episode. That's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) But as much as there's parts of the movie that I absolutely love, and then there's parts of the movie that are flawed for me that take a... And I think, too, because, like, the last couple... Well, except for Eternals. But you could argue, like, the last couple of MCU movies that have come out have been, like, really strong. Um, it's hard to kind of find like plot holes and they're not missing much. So I think for this one, it was just a bit of a miss for me with the flaws that I have with it. Um, and, and we'll get more into it. Like when we start talking spoilers, but it's not my favorite Dr. Strange movie. Um, and, but that being said, it's still an MCU movie. It was still really, really well done. There's still parts of the movie that I loved. I enjoyed, I had fun with it. Um, it's just, it's not at the top for me. Fair enough. And I, again, I'm in the camp with Ian. I love this movie. Yes, I do have a big Sam Raimi boner. I love (laughs) Sam Raimi. For me, the movie is, uh, style over substance, I would say. And the style of the movie, the vibe of the movie, the way Sam Raimi shoots transitions, the way Danny Elfman's score is worked into the movie and worked into a fight scene in the movie. Comes alive. Danny Elfman score gets a fight scene, basically. Like he like the score is the fight. Uh, it's, it sounds weird, but when you see it, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Really, really happy we saw it on the biggest screen possible. We saw it at IMAX and it was it looked beautiful on IMAX. It brought that horror comedy vibe that Sid Murray does so well that he that he did hints of in the spider-man movies spider-man 2 a little bit 
but here he got to go full out. So he got to bring his horror comedy, horror aesthetic to the MCU. And that's what I love about this movie. It's the true, it, you know, it, we say there's within the MCU, there's different styles of movies, style for everyone. This is the horror movie of the MCU or than any other movie. So, yeah, I, I maybe I'm a bit biased because it's Sam Raimi and I just love what he does. I love watching him work. And uh, like I love the Spider-Man movies. I love Evil Dead movies, and this is sort of those mashed together into an MCU movie. So that just has, you know, I'm sold right there. So I do like it slightly better than the first Doctor Strange, but it sits like it sits right above the first Doctor Strange in my ranking of the MCU. But yeah, I love it. I'm so happy that Sam Raimi got to come and and play in the MCU sandbox and make a movie. And I think I think we're all better for it, and I think cinema is better for it. And I hope he. Uh, I can't wait to see what his next project is because a lot of these creators get to come in, make a Marvel movie, make a ton of money, and then they get to sort of make whatever movie they want next, right? I love that about about the MCU directors. So That's a good point, and they yeah. could let him close out the trilogy. Never know. And I, I think it would be fun if he kept making superhero movies because he's damn good at making superhero movies. So I hope he continues to make them. Good. Shall we dive into spoilers? So here? yeah, let's dive into spoilers. So I think overall. We all really liked the movie. I think Wife Power uh, down on it compared to me and Ian, but still really liked it. You know, we do. I have some nits that will that will pick some issues. But when I sat back and thought about the issues, they were so minor that really the style of the movie it, at the end of the day won it over. So, yeah, I agree with that. I, I love. I loved it. I wonder how Dave's going to feel about it. I feel like he. I feel like he should love it. Because it's. <laughs> I never weird. know with him. I, I really hope he loves it for the yeah. similar reasons what we do, but you never know because it is, it is a departure from what we're used to with the MCU. Yeah, but I feel like he's searching for that. He's like, he's not into the formula. And this was not very formulaic and had some really big swings. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so let's talk about it. Let's get into the spoilers. If you want, Ian, we can just do a, do a touch on the sort of three, three yeah, acts I think, structure I think that and we makes can sense. talk about each act. Yeah. Um, and we're definitely going to, I think we should start by talking about that opening scene, but right before, you know, now that we're in spoiler territory, I will say that like where I thought this movie was heading in like, you know, by the title multiverse, I thought it was really going to get crazy and go off in all these different directions. I did mention, I think it kind of followed one direction, but where I do think the madness comes in, in the multiverse is more of them playing with tone. I think you mentioned that power is like you were saying, uh, comedy and horror elements. A lot of these are mixed well, and obviously there's com comedy throughout the MCU. But I think that like we haven't had horror comedy of... is different, right? Like horror comedy, like what happened yeah. in Evil Dead Two, Army of Darkness, is different than we we haven't comedy. had like that cheesiness that like you get from the original Spider-Man trilogy. Like we haven't had that really in the MCU. Like we get hints of it and teases of it. Maybe like the new Spider-Man trilogy has teases of it, but like there's it really is a different feeling like blockbuster film than than anything that's come before and i, I kind of dig that because we do need some variety as we kind of charge forward this is like the 28th film that they've released so um you know you got to kind of mix it up and get crazy and on the note um wife power you're saying like you prefer the original i think like it is a cleaner look the, the doctor strange film but i i don't think that it takes the swings that mike was mentioning like i don't i think it kind of plays it safe and it's kind of like formulaic origin story and for that i will tease ahead to i prefer this movie over the original and we'll we'll talk about maybe a rank towards the end but let's talk about that opening scene because we get a, a new introduction of a new character uh this movie is heavily tied to wandavision i remember there was an episode in wandavision where we got introduction to monica rambo as a new character in the mcu now we're getting america chavez right off the rip and she's running around with dr strange and we don't really know what's going on and we see they're searching for a book. They're being hunted by a demon. And then the real Doctor Strange wakes up at the end of the action sequence um, in his bed. Like the, you know, 616 main MCU Doctor Strange wakes up and it was supposedly all a dream. What did you guys think of the introductory action sequence and America Chavez and Strange Supreme, I think we're calling him. Mm. I'll let Wife Power. I was just doing a lot of talking. I'll let Wife Power start us off here. I don't have much to say about this scene. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good um, intro to the movie. Like, obvious, I feel like it was kind of obvious 
watching it that it wasn't our Doctor Strange because his his look was completely different. Um, and it was a character that like we had never seen before. Um, and then knowing that it's a movie about the multiverse, like it kind of it made sense that it was. I do like the whole play on like um they talk about it like a little bit later when he wakes up, but it's still kind of in that first act, the play of like something you dream is something that's actually happening to another you and another um, multiverse. I thought that was a really cool um, kind of like concept. I love concept. that. Yeah, yeah. It was like, it was really unique and, and funky and it's like, it's like, you're not, it's not really a dream. It's like, you're seeing an alternate you doing something else. So I thought that like aspect of the and explaining like, his dream was was kind of cool so i liked that aspect of that that whole opening sequence yeah your mind wanders through the mm-hmm. multiverse while you dream <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. what do you think uh no like- I, I loved it i loved all of the new character that they introduced in america chavez and i thought it was a cool introduction cool way to introduce the movie it's like sort of like an action scene where dr strange died like we're in spoilers so that dr strange like dies right away and that's kind of crazy. He also does something kind of questionable, which we know Doctor Strange, you know, they're always hinting towards like he's the one character that sort of walks that line. And, definitely. you know, not the one, we, but he definitely walks that line. We saw and, that side of him in No Way Home. Yep. Yep. And I just felt I loved it because I saw felt the Danny Elfman score, the Sam Raimi. I just something about when I'm watching a Sam Raimi movie, I can't describe it, but I just it feels like a Sam Raimi movie and that's what it felt like and I was loving every minute of it. it was like I'm back in a Sam Raimi movie with a Danny Elfman score and it just felt so nice and so enjoyable and that really was yeah. what I was just I was just taking it all in on the big screen and it was just zipping around his interesting camera angles you know he does visuals very very well the monster looked awesome yep and so it's all the stuff that he's good at he was just leaning into it and it was great yeah and like you made a good point in that you don't really know what's going on. Like you, you, you know, you see him wake up and it was supposedly all dream. But is that foreshadowing his actual ultimate death? You don't know until you kind of figure it out as the story unravels. But uh, you know, he wakes up and we're we're back in uh, New York. You know, he's he's got invited to sorry uh, Rachel McAdams' wedding. She's getting married. His love interest from the first film. And, uh, you know, he's got to go Christine. That's right. That's right. Palmer. Um, you know, she, she had a decent role in this film. I think like, even though we're kind of playing with multiverse and variants, I think like, I, I kind of liked where her character was going and her characterization in, in this film more so than the first, but I understand what they were doing with the first one. You know, they stuck, they committed to this whole relationship that is kind of forever broken. And he's always kind of, chasing it but at the same time he's starting to realize that he's already kind of lost her and he's going to the wedding and you know she's getting married to someone else i don't know about you guys but we're about to get into that kind of major action sequence i loved how this popped off because it was very sam raimi and reminded me exactly of like watching the original spider-man trilogy just seeing something going down in new york and it's time to go to work and the cape comes on he jumps over the balcony and he's right in the action. I, I thought this was some great Doctor Strange action. And we get Wong involved. You know, he's currently the Sorcerer Supreme. We found that out. Spider-Man No Way Home. And this is like a continuation of what's going on in the story. I really I dug that aspect of it. And, uh, you know, watching them fight in the comics. I, they call them like Gargantos. In the comics, it's basically Shumagorath. And it's another Sorcerer Supreme from an alternate reality. Uh, so that's one angle of it. But in here, it's just like a Sam Raimi monster that they got to defeat. I thought the action was great. Um, I especially like the way Strange ends up taking him out. What did you guys think of this major action sequence where we get uh, America Chavez? Uh, she drags the corpse of Strange Supreme into the 616, into the MCU, into New York City, and, uh, you know, Shumagora. I, I think I sort of tied this into my... Gargantos is yeah, on their tail. I think I sort of tied this into my other ramble, but... Yeah, I just loved it. Basically, it was it was great. I loved a lot of the special effects, the yeah. way that uh, Strange uses his magic, and like, yeah, there's a lot of like physical nature to it. But I I like that it's like high impact, like everything's got to be done within a second, like reaction time. So they they kind of play with the magic and make it physical and like play with the the physical aspect of the their surrounding. 
I like that too. Yeah, he was doing a lot of different magic compared to the other movies, which was definitely a Sam Raimi touch, which was he was seemed to be summoning like serpents or demons. It seemed like, you know what I mean? Like that reminded me of sort of Zatanna in, in DC. She does kind of like does that. But that seemed to be a Sam Raimi kind of touch that he was doing. They're kind of leaning into hor- more horror vibes. Like he didn't really do that in any other movie. Like he's always just using the sort of sparkly gold magic yeah. and here he was like calling you know like snakes and demons and whatever like it seemed to be you blink and you miss it but he was kind of doing that no that's magic. a that's a good point like when you think about what if and how he's portrayed in some of the episodes i know it's different versions of dr strange different alternate universes but you can see the more that he learns about magic the more kind of like tricks he has up his sleeve the more like things he reaches into his uh you know magic hat his and bag, of tricks, yeah, exactly. his bag of tricks exactly his bag of tricks he pulls out <laughs> Pulls out like that buzz saw, he turns his shield into a buzz saw, cut the glass yeah. in half, that kind of stuff. And then the way he kind of pops uh, the monster's eyes out of the end. I, uh, sorry, at, at the end was really cool. Wife Power, what do you think of that action sequence? I loved this action sequence. This is kind of what I wish like more of the movie was. Um, the thing that's funny for me for the scene is I don't think Doctor Strange was the standout character in this action scene i think wong absolutely killed it like when he like dr strange gets knocked out for a bit and he steps up and he's the one fighting the monster like i loved his like fight tactics and how he has the like it's almost like a wonder woman lasso that he's using um but um yeah no i really liked it the these are these are the parts of the movie that I found really really fun and enjoyable to watch and um yeah no this was it was a cool monster too like the monster looked cool I also liked how they kind of used like visual effects that like he had to reveal the monster oh yeah it was, and that- it was like you, you see it like trashing the bus and like moving it around but it's like we could it, it was almost like the in moon Knight, where they were hiding yes. the jackals excellent pull and then it's like um dr strange uses his magic and he reveals it and you're like holy shit like there's a giant like squid one-eyed monster like in the middle of new york and i thought that was really cool like the way they use the it's like you don't just see the monster right away because it's like dr strange kind of senses something when he's in the movie and then he and then you're kind of like well what's like what's going on like as the audience it's like we had no idea and like he knew something was up, but it's like he didn't really know either. And then you see that reveal of like, oh shit, there's a giant monster in the in like downtown New York. So that was yeah. really cool for me. No, that's a that's a great point because uh, Wong had some great action in that sequence, and I definitely noticed the uh, similarities to Moon Knight with the whole like these supernatural beings are going to be invisible to the public a lot of the times, and unless you use some sort of spell or something to, to take that invisibility away from them. But I thought that was a cool like parallel with what we saw from Moon Knight. Um, then, of course, when they defeat the monster, they have that powwow in the diner where America Chavez is trying to run away from Strange because of obviously what we saw. Um, she knows what he's capable of from the opening scene, which is an alternate Strange, but she just doesn't trust him. She's running away. They meet up at the diner. She starts telling them about the multiverse. It's interesting because Strange just had the, uh, they actually mentioned the encounter with like Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse and everything. So he thinks he knows what's going on, but she can literally travel the multiverse and therefore kind of knows more than he does. And it's kind of schooling him on the subject. And then Wong's all like surprised that he went to Christine's wedding. It's just a, it's like a fun little comedic scene while giving out some exposition, much needed exposition for this story. Uh, what do you guys think of the diner scene? Yeah, it was yeah, it was good. It felt like a reshoot, but it was needed, I think. You know, this movie was supposed to come out before Spider-Man, actually. So um, I think that was probably put in after. But they did a good job of sort of making it make sense so the audience knows what the hell's going on. Yeah, it was fine. Wife Power, what do you think? Yeah, I thought it was same as you. I love the I love his, him and Wong's relationship. Like they just they like they have such great on screen chemistry as like best friends. It's like you could 
argue like who's the better best friend duo is it Bucky and Captain America or is it Doctor Strange and Wong but I loved the like how they sass they're constantly sassing each other I think that was the same scene that like Wong is kind of sassing him like most sorcerers like bow to the sorcerer supreme like as a greeting and it's like Doctor Strange doesn't do it throughout the whole movie yeah, so it's kind of that. like they're they're like poking fun and bickering a little bit so I just love that relationship dynamic between like the two of them and it's obviously like there's something greater going on because the monsters are just in downtown New York and like you said it's like Wong's just like wait whose wedding were you at like to him it's like that was a bigger that was a bigger deal after like they had already after they defeated the monster it's kind of like yeah. <laughs> so no I really I like their their relationship a lot and and I love when they're when they're on the screen together. That's a good point. Um, it's just funny because now we're heading into finding out who the main villain is of this uh, film, which I guess was kind of foreshadowed and hinted at in the trailer. But it's an interesting turn. Like it's uh, you know, Strange recognizes the runes involved and of whoever's chasing America Chavez. So he thinks to himself, well. I know someone who's well-versed with runes. We've seen WandaVision, you know, uh, Wanda Maximoff, the Scarlet Witch. She knows all about the Dark Old. She knows all about runes from, if you've seen that series, it would make perfect sense to you. I don't know how lost you might be if you hadn't watched WandaVision. It might be a little hard to follow this movie or like it wouldn't click as much as if you've been the whole nine episodes of that. But, you know, he goes to pay her a visit. I really like the start of this scene. I like the scene in in general, but I like the callback to WandaVision. I like that she's waking up and you know everything's bright and sunny, but it's actually just a facade. And she's really been living in depression, I guess, since uh, the end of that series. And, you know, she's able to use her magic to kind of keep her spirits high and pretend that she's gardening and, you know, dealing with it, like, you know, pretty well. And then obviously, you know, strange, she slips up. Uh, let's let's talk a bit about that scene. How you guys felt about the the heel turn for the Scarlet Witch? I mean, it was kind of the writing was on the wall, right? I definitely saw it coming, but I think if you didn't see uh, Wandavision, it would be pretty shocking. You know, last time you saw her, uh, she was you know on the good guys on the Avengers fighting Thanos. Imagine if you just watched the movies, right? Then all of a sudden she's like super villain of the movie. So I think it's it was really bold to make her basically into a supervillain after everything she's been through, after all the movies she's been in, after all the character arcs she's had and falling in love with Vision and everything. Like that's to me one of the biggest swings of the movies is turning in turning this hero who, you know, uh is on merchandise and you know it's like people, uh, kids get their picture with her probably at Avengers Disney World and stuff like that into like a super villain who is mass murdering people like to me that's crazy that happens in the comics yeah. you know a lot villains turn to heroes heroes turn to villains i never thought they'd be so bold to do something like it, turn a here like an avenger into a super villain it was so, a bold swing yeah uh, i was yeah. impressed it was crazy it was the whole time she was the super villain i was like wow this is nuts and it makes sense because when a hero gets too powerful it doesn't make for a good story i think the heroes always have to be more underpowered obviously than the, than the villain yeah, well, i think that makes for a better, i think that makes for a better story because it's like it's just like more like real life you're up against the sort of overpowered thing you have to overcome the odds you know unless it's like superman against lex luther it's usually you know the heroes are less so when you get the the heroes that are super powered like her turning her into a villain kind of makes sense and then you know the heroes have to beat beat her so that's why she's so powerful. She's always sort of teetering on being a villain. And they just went went for it completely. Like completely went for it. Like she murders like hundreds of people in this movie and you see it. Yeah. It's insane. It's she's not this version of Scarlet Witch. It's just non-redeemable now. The great thing about the multiverse is they can still use the actress and the character, just pull different versions of her in. But yeah, to to me, um, that was one of the biggest swings of, of the whole movie. Great point. White Power, do you think of uh, Scarlet Witch, Elizabeth Olsen's performance? So this is the part of the movie where I start to have my questions and don't really like completely understand the motivations of some of the characters here, specifically the Scarlet Witch. 
know, we talk about WandaVision and where we left off, and it's just escaping me right now, but I forget the name of the town, but Westview? when she when she leaves the town, she has remorse for what she does. Like, she realizes what she did was wrong, and she doesn't want to, She like, doesn't face many many consequences for what she, enslaving an entire town of people. That's the thing. Yeah, she doesn't. She doesn't face the consequences, but her herself, she she has that like moment where she realizes what she did was wrong, and she's embarrassed by her behavior, and like she she has that realization. And then the next time we see the character, she's just back to being like she's just forgot about all of that remorse, and and then she's not even like back to that point. She's gotten more evil, and I understand like the the premise of the book. Like the book takes mm-hmm. the the book the, corrupts her mind, basically. Yeah, the book like takes over her mind. The dark and it corrupts hold. her, and it, that's what I was looking for. I, for. I remembered the hold part, but I couldn't remember the start, what it was called before. But the dark hold like takes a hold of her, and it's it's corrupting her, and it's making her like more evil, I guess. But it was just like it kind of was just like a bit of a a jump for me, where it was like you have we leave this character and. She did something bad, and she's got remorse for it, and she she's embarrassed by what she did. She understands what she did was wrong, and then the next time we see her, she's gone even times farther yeah. into like the realm of evil. And and for me too, it's like I don't under her. And I'm a mother, so like I feel like I can say this, but it's like I don't fully grasp her her motivation for becoming this evil because it's like she wants her boys back and and she'll only be happy if she has her boys but at the same time it's like you you were to get these children back that aren't really hers like yes they might exist in the multiverse but it's like they're not her boys like her boys were an illusion that she created out of magic in this world and it's like She's going to then go into another world and take someone else's kids away from them. It's like, does she not? She's just doing the same thing to someone else that was done to her and has broken her heart. So it's like, to to me, I just I don't I don't understand the motivation there. It it doesn't it doesn't click for me. It just it doesn't. It doesn't make sense, and and this is where a lot of the flaws of the movie start happening for me, and it's just because it just it just doesn't make sense. Like it's it's probably one of the first times in a Marvel movie where like you have a big baddie, and their motivation just doesn't make sense. Like Thanos, it's like you get his plot, and you're like, oh okay, like I get it. It's like it's still evil, but like I get it. For her, it's like. It just, it doesn't... Like, she's too evil. It's too evil to fit the motivations. The motivation is... Exactly. I'm a grieving mother who wants my son, or wants my kids, or a different universe, and it's like, I will murder the entire world to get them. Oh, yeah, I'll murder uh, everyone else. I feel you. Oh, I feel you. Children. It's a stretch. I, but I I'll feel take, it, too. I'll take children from another mother. Yeah, it's and like, I'll kill other people's it, So it's just, it just doesn't, I'll it doesn't, like, it doesn't make sense. steal my version of me, but it's, I think the way to explain it away... And it either works for you or it doesn't. Is the dark hole of yeah? Right? So like, it didn't work for you. Flatolio. but It is a way to explain it away for some people. Some people might accept it, some people might not. Right? That's how I feel about it. Honestly, it's like one of those things where people who are vaguely familiar with the comics and vaguely familiar with Darkhold, whether you saw Agents of Shield or you just watched Wandavision and understood that it corrupts. Like the idea is power corrupts. Now that might not be hard enough to sell. Like the general audience, because like you'd have to watch WandaVision and you'd have to connect those dots and kind of. Uh, but I'll also admit the movie doesn't do. The movie no. really sells the fact I'm a grieving mother. It's all about my voice. They don't really bring up a lot of the, the dark hold corrupting her. They don't do much to to show like, you that. So you have to write yourself if you're going to accept it, kind of right. The writer Michael Waldron, he's uh, Loki, so he's like he knows the multiverse rules, but he doesn't necessarily like. He's not like yeah. he has, he's invested in the Scarlet Witch's story. Like um, Wanda or Elizabeth Olsen is like one of my favorite characters. Like 
she's one of the best uh, actors in the MC. Like she, like everything leading up to WandaVision and including WandaVision is like some of my favorite stuff. So it's interesting that like I can forgive what they're doing because I respect the bold swing of like just going full villain and like I just you know if she's murdering people it's because Darkhold's got her and like she's she's gone. You know what I mean? She's the last one. But it does it does connect with stuff that we want to see from the comics and. It's kind of a cheap trick in that, in that, from that perspective, I could see that. But I, I still, I don't know. I was down for the. the it, yeah, I was down for, it, but I will, I will, I do understand the criticism hundred percent. I think if it. they, I think if they just went like full evil, like she was learning the magic from the dark hold, and the dark hold took her over, and she just became evil. Yeah. I think I would have bought that better than like what what Michael is saying is like. Her motivation. The movie and then is her constantly. Is it's just too that. conflicting. Yeah. It's like you can't be the grieving mother and then at the same time being willing to like do like unnecessary horrors to get like children that technically aren't yours back. So it's this. I think if they, yeah, I think if I they just it. like if she was just learning the dark world and the dark world like took over her and corrupted her mind and made her evil. I find that more believable than the the whole like grieving mother. Yeah, there wasn't even a single scene of her using the dark hold and it sort of turning her more evil. You just had to sort of. That's what they needed because they're relying on you to have seen the stinger from the WandaVision. Yeah. Really, it is a package deal at this point. Like, you can't. But even the stinger doesn't doesn't do much. Like, for someone that. For someone that doesn't know, is not familiar with the dark hold, like, from the comics, it doesn't do enough for me to, like, that gap and I truly didn't understand the dark hold until we got to a later part in the movie and if we can like jump ahead when well maybe I won't jump ahead but you you get to see inside her mind and then that's where you get a bit of you get like a bit of more of an idea that like it's not like the Wanda that we know is being held prisoner by this evil in her mind and then that's kind of like where you get that that sense, and even that's still not like fully explored that intensely. So for me, it's just like that was a really big gap, and they let they leaned so heavily into the grieving mother component of it that it just that's where I had my flaws. Just it doesn't make yeah. sense to me. And and I get like it is a superhero movie, so like it's not. But this was just her her like turning into the big baddie and her motivation behind it just really was a mess yeah, for it's me. fair and that's yeah. why i said style no, over substance because there's some substance parts yeah. of it where it's like you have to gloss over it a bit mind but yeah those are great points and style over substance is a perfect way to describe it because i look at something like this is a bad comparison but the rise of skywalker just one big adventure like this is a similar style in that like it's more show don't tell and like just dancing through the beats to get to these crazy visuals and like division from from Sam Raimi. The the thing where I can kind of get on board with the Dark World is like power corrupts. We've seen what happened with Agatha Harkness, like in WandaVision. Like she's a powerful witch who just wanted more and more power, and she went villain. And that's kind of a similar road here. And then you compare that to Doctor Strange. I mean, it might be a little cheesy, but she mentioned that like, how is this fair? You get to mess with the multiverse. Like you get praised as a hero. I do anything, and I'm like, you know, and yeah, she's murdering people on the way. Murdering but people, yeah. at the but at the same time, like he's doing, making these decisions. People's lives are at stake. They bring it up at the wedding. I think he talks to like a colleague. Mm-hmm. It was like a pretty cool uh, dialogue there, where it's kind of highlighting that like Doctor Strange makes mistakes too, and like here we have someone just pushing it that much further because of the dark world. So I, I can kind of buy it. Well, Agatha Harkness says in One Division, if you remember, like. You think I'm bad if you become the Scarlet Witch and use this book. Like, if you become the Scarlet Witch, you will be ten times worse than me, right? Yeah, so that was true. the dialogue that you had to kind of remember to pull through. Yeah. But obviously, that's just... And it's if hard. we're yeah. saying that power is the driver here, well, that makes sense, too, because America Chavez clearly has a ton of power. And she's just seeing her for what she... Like, a means to an end, like, to get yeah. more power to do exactly what her heart desires, which is kind of twisted, but... It kind of falls in line, I think, throughout the movie as, as things get revealed. Um, and I want to talk about that sequence with uh, her behind the rocks because I have a slightly different take. But let's just uh, touch on how they, um, you know, they we know that she's after America Chavez. They have that whole ultimatum. She has to attack. There's another, I think, 
uh, like you were saying, like a lot of this movie is just pure action, and right. you either love it for that, and like yeah, let's skip ahead to the big the, spoilery moment. Yeah, that there's we a big spoilery about. moment, and it's it's right after the big war essentially, mm-hmm. where she's murdering everybody and her against Camertage, and they're fighting over America Chavez's livelihood essentially. Um, so then you know they get pulled in through the multiverse. We see all these different things, the paint, the cartoon, like the maybe X-Men animated series uh, <laughs> alternate universe. Uh, we, we get through and we get to World 838, which uh, this is like a more futuristic, like science-heavy, it seems, uh, reality where like we, we have some, some big reveals coming from the comics. A group, a super group called the Illuminati from the Marvel Universe, six or seven individuals, give or take, depending on the storyline, come together to basically make all of the most, like the world decisions on how we're going to save Earth from all these like otherworldly threats and like the multiverse and everything. So they're in charge of defending the multiverse, and they're not even from the MCU six. They're from eight three eight. So then, now we're really starting to get into the the multiverse. But like I said, we kind of spend some time here, mm-hmm. and we get six individuals. I'm just gonna rile them off, and then you can dive in. And well, I want to say this about. before we get into it. This was the moment that I'm ha- so happy was spoiled for me. This was the big like holy shit moment. When they revealed the Illuminati, if you're familiar with the comics, you know the Illuminati is like you know who it is. It's you know the yep. characters you're about to reveal. So I was just like sitting there, like, oh my god, they just mentioned the Illuminati. Who am I gonna get? Like this is crazy, and I did not expect the characters, some of the characters that uh, happened, to, yeah, you know, to come. So, anyways, so who? Well, who, it's who, who it's is? it's confirming my crazy conspiracy theories of the multiverse and how we're colliding with the Sony Spider Verse. Spider-Man No Way Home. Now we're colliding a little bit with the Fox X-Men universe and Fantastic Four. They also have the rights to Fantastic Four. So we get six individuals revealed. Now this is because Mordo is one of the, uh, you know, he's Illuminati. Yeah. Of the Illuminati because he's uh, basically stepping in for Doctor Strange of that universe, right? So we have a lot going on. We're just going to drop it here straight out of What If. Probably a different, like, this universe, not What If universe. But there's Peggy Carter. You know, uh, Captain Carter. Captain Britain. Um, yeah, Captain Captain Carter. There's a new uh, comic series out about her. Uh, we got the Inhumans coming back with Blackguard Boltagon and Hanson Mel reprising their role. Uh, Blackguard Boltagon. Yeah, exactly. Great name. With the tuning fork and everything. And we're, you know, we, you can grab one and, and talk about it. I'm just going to finish rattling them off. It's Maria Rambo as Captain Marvel instead of Carol Danvers. It's, um, you know, the big. FF reveal, Reed Richards, and you know, the fan cast of John Krasinski. We get this, and then we get one more, which I'll save that as the last. And uh, which one do you guys want to talk about first? Well, I want to talk about the last one, so just reveal it. It's Okay, Charles Xavier, Professor X, uh, Patrick Stewart, reprising the role from the Fox X. Okay, I want to, I'll let Wave Power go after me. I want to just get in the things I love about this. So, let's see the Lunati. When Almost shouted out of my seat when I heard the 90s uh, X-Men animated theme. Danny Elfman played that into the score. It was like the music chef's used in this kiss, movie are amazing. perfect touch. They played the freaking animated X-Men score in a movie. It was it was everything. John Krasinski as Fantastic Four, Reed Richards. I thought he was great. I've seen a lot on the internet that this doesn't mean he he's going to be Reed Richards. Like this, this just could just been a stunt fan thing. Like just brought him in, and he didn't actually sign a deal to be the Fantastic Four movie. I think that would be very weird because everyone else was the same actor. I think it and, could go either way. To be honest. And if they're not going to use him, then I would have much preferred them use the, the uh, Ian Crawford guy, like the guy from the Fox Fantastic Four movies. Like if they were, if they're not going to use John Krasinski for the. Um, for the new movie, they should have brought That's in the guy from the Fox movies. That would have been cooler. Point. Rather than a good if, he, if he's just a one-off and he's just like in this movie and that's it, that will be stupid. I, I will complain about that. So, anyways, that's those are my thoughts. Wife Power, what do you think? I loved this whole scene. Again, this is like parts of the movie that I really, really liked. I I would say this. That brings and, me joy that this is a good part yes. of the movie. And, like, and the scene that follows it, like the the fight scene or whatever, is better than the actual like climactic fight scene of the movie. Like this, it, it overshadows it like crazy. And to me, it's like I think 
how epic this scene was kind of like hurts the ending of the movie because the it's it's just not as cool as as seeing all these characters on screen. Some of them I I wasn't familiar with the black old guy. That character is new to me, but all the other characters. Go watch one season of Inhumans. (laughs) No, no, one episode is that. Uh, but um, the cool trick they get to do is because they're not from our universe, she gets to kill them really fast. And the other cool thing they do is that she kills all the men characters like super fast. Then they have like the badass female fight, and yeah, she kills them too. But at least like they gotta get that badass. And female she doesn't just fight. kill them; like she in the most Savaging like them. disgusting, horrific ways. <laughs> horrific ways. It's like she severs Peggy Carter in half with the shield. The the black bolt guy, she makes his mouth disappear, and then he sonic like booms his own head off. Like it was just, it was so graphic, and like when she I, killed I can't believe Reed the Richards. movie was PG because it yeah. was like so much. Like I feel like there was a lot of blood in that scene, or like maybe there's it was just, like, a spaghetti. She she spaghetti, spaghetti head but at the very end, his head goes pop. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was just. <laughs> It was crazy, and you would never. Doctor Doom in the Fantastic Four movie was having so much fun with that scene. Oh, like, he, he was, was loving every so minute of it. It was great. Like that's that's the type of stuff that like I loved about the movie. It's like, and that's kind of like it's like make her motivation just be evil. Like the the dark holds just got a hold of her, and she's just pure. Like she's just turned into pure evil, and she's just hunting for more power. And it's like I think you have a better movie because it's like this type of stuff was like the fun. It was like the fun, awesome parts of the movie that like we just absolutely loved it. But um, yeah, so I I loved this whole whole segment with her and and the uh, Illuminati characters. Yeah, yeah I thought. What about you? Great. It was it. What? How were you feeling when you saw these characters well, this, like this, Reed Richards? This wasn't like as. See, this is so weird. It's like they pulled the similar trick to Spider-Man No Way Home, but it had a vastly different effect. Whereas, like, it was very emotional seeing, like, you know, spoilers, but, like, Spider-Man showing up in different ways in No Way Home. But, like, this one was just more, like, handy, you know what I mean? You're at, like, at the movies, and, like, you're seeing all these cameos, and it's it's actually really fun. And the fact that, like, because they're not 616, you don't care as much, you're not as invested. You're just random people you're killing them off now at the you know the show the prowess of the scarlet witch and i thought it worked really well and i i really want to talk about the professor x death because they all they all eat it in some way right i, I really like that captain carter you know getting sliced up by her shield like there was a maria rambo i think stood the best sort of fighting chance but she ended up getting crushed by rocks right so then we have professor x who actually to me stayed very true to his character and love that he kind of like invaded her mind it was very matrix even the, the sequence with uh, black uh, bolt you know his mouth going missing that reminded me of the matrix and then here we are with professor x yep. it seems like he's in uh wanda's mind exploring and this is where i have a different take on the rubble because i think that that's basically because she's invading 838 wanda that's like 838 wanda yeah i agree yeah, yeah. So, so in that in that respect, it's like the six one six Wanda is the menace who's um, corrupted by the Darkhold. Not every, not necessarily every single Wanda is corrupted by the Darkhold. It's just her. So she's the one kind of invading her her mind because she's controlling her body. And then Professor X is trying to help. Dreamwalking, right? But clearly, they're giving Scarlet Witch the advantage of power level over this universe's Professor X, which I was totally fine with. I thought it, it worked really well because they were kind of like battling within her mind. And therefore, she matrixed him, and you know. Yep. Yeah. I, I really love that, and the, like the little music cue, like you mentioned, Mike, was just uh, fantastic. This was definitely the standout for the movie, and this is why they probably spent most time in eight three eight and didn't really peruse some of the other realities that you might have expected from like a multiverse of madness title. But at the same time, I think it worked for the story because like. We get like the kind of exchange with Mordo and Strange. It just looks like they're going to be at odds in any universe, and uh, and then like this idea of I really think they're building a trilogy here over sort of the lessons learned from the first one. The sort of uh, you know they're both vying for power, and you can see like if he went the route of Scarlet Witch, like the world would the, the 
universe would end, an incursion would be caused. And that's where we start talking about like things from the comics that could be leading towards something bigger. And I think Secret Wars is a definite possibility, but it'd probably be like several years out, like ten years out, because they would have to build towards it. But this is the first mention of like multiverse collapse, and like that's what happens in the comic to kind of get everything grounded again. They have this big event called Secret Wars, so I think that that's a very possible sort of angle for the next Avengers films and everything that builds towards some big event film like Secret Wars. Um, but that being said, I do think like having Strange realize that like he has to not sacrifice America Chavez the way Scarlet Witch would or his alternate selves would is like the biggest kind of lesson learned in this film. Even though we get that weird tease at the end where he's still corrupted by the Darkhold, I think it's a very important lesson for him to learn like sparing America Chavez's life rather than choosing like saving the multiverse and just taking her power the way that Scarlet Witch was trying to do is like the message that's kind of being told by the end of this, regardless of where they're going to take this going forward. But what did you guys think of how it kind of wrapped up? I know, like, um, you know, Scarlet Witch has her own problems. She loses the Darkhold briefly, attempts to dreamwalk again by getting to Mount Wondegore, and we get the awesome moment where Doctor Strange is possessing the corpse of Strange. Yeah, that's why they got me to do this movie, for this part, we have to talk about where he goes next, right? Where he goes from 8 to 3 8. He gets sucked back in the portal, right? Once like, he escapes. Like when he fights the other Doctor Strange? The sort of lonely. Yes. Yeah. We have to talk about this. Scene. I just, I guess the things that we, that are important is like they introduce the idea of incursions. So if you mess with the multiverse too much, you know, two universes can like destroy each other. And the one person that's done that before is the Doctor Strange from the other universe. So like, uh, again, it's leading to the point that he, he, of all the heroes, is the most capable or walks the sort of line of tilting into evil. Or him and Scarlet Witch, I guess. But yeah, I think the fight, the him meeting that other Doctor Strange who was fully corrupted by the Darkhold because of Christine, Miss Christine. That was almost like a pull from the What If? And that was cool. It was like cool to see him fight another Doctor Strange. But yeah, I think really what we want to talk about is well, I'll let wife power if she's sitting in the middle, and, which she wants to talk about. But and Christine mentioned the Baxter Foundation, which was awesome because yeah. it's tied into Fantastic Four. Wife power, under. So yeah, the ending with him possessing a corpse and being a zombie for the whole final fight scene, him having a cape of corpses, like it was all so Sam Raimi. It was all amazing. I do have a nitpick with the way the final fight ended and the sort of climax of the movie, and. Um, do you want me to just get into it? Should I, I thought you it? were going to mention his face-off with his like, sinister uh, strange. Well, I just kind of glanced over that, yeah. No, because you mentioned, you teased at the beginning how epic... Oh, they the had that great Alfred, fight, yeah. Uh, ...music battle was with yeah. the scores. So, like, briefly, I'll just touch, like, Danny Elfman's been doing great with these scores. Uh, Michael Giacchino actually did the Doctor Strange theme. So to see the score come together with the Doctor Strange theme, Michael Giacchino, and then Danny Elfman coming through, and then Danny Elfman being able to play with, like, these... It was, like... There was an element of cheese to it, but it was awesome because they kind of like made musical into, music into a physical form. And yes. Like classic like horror kind of riffs as they're kind of battling each other with physical spells, musical spells, which was uh, pretty incredible to see. One of the, one of the visual standouts of the film. Yeah. Before the uh, Cape of Corpses that you mentioned. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it was great. It was so cool. But the biggest, when I left the movie, the biggest nitpick I had held it back from being like perfect, perfect movie even though i still gave it like 10 out of 10 anyways when the whole movie is like the original doc the original doctor Strange you see at the very beginning he goes to kill when he seems like everything's defeated he goes to kill america chavez because he can't let her powers fall into the hands of whoever needs her which is the scarlet witch then our doctor strange at the very end of the movie is faced with the same choice which is very much of what a movie does you know what i mean and is he going to make a different choice and then he gives her kind of this speech, and he kind of just says like, "Oh, you can do it. You control. You can control your powers." Like, blah blah blah, which is exactly what the other Doctor Strange tried to get her to do first, before he sucked her powers. And I think it could have yeah. been. I think the dialogue could have been tweaked, and I think it could have been a much more powerful moment if it was more about if they had more scenes of him kind of teaching her how to fight throughout the movie. And him kind of being like, you know, you've been running your whole life. You've only been running. No one's ever taught you how to fight. Like, stand up and fight. 
you know, you, that's what you have to do to eat, to win. You have to stand up and fight. You have to fight evil. You have to punch evil in the face. You have to stand up to, to the bad person. And that would have been much more meaningful with what he actually said, which is like exactly what the first interview said. Just like, oh, you can do it. I believe you can control your powers. I just, yeah, just try harder. The, right? The difference so, is like uh, that other strange supreme was willing to go to the lengths that maybe Scarlet Witch would go, whereas our strange would. Yeah, but it needed. It needed I agree a bunch with you though. Dialogue wise, it, it could have had a bunch of. It, it didn't make sense because it's like, well, that's like, like just try harder is not satisfying. You know what I mean? Just. I, Try harder. I agree. You know, just use your powers. Come on. Try harder. I it's agree. Like, then um, she does. You know, it's kind of like, I was kind of like bummed out that it didn't go into like a, there were little scenes of him teaching her how to fight and kind of maybe teaching her how to use her powers. And at the end, it's like, like I said, you know, you've only ever been running and you know how to, use, like, I've taught you and use your powers and fight back. You know what I mean? Fight. Yeah. Like that, what I think would have been. I think that's what they were getting to. It just yeah. needed like a one more pass. Like, I think it was right there for them. Right there. They just ah, oh, they just needed to uh, more yeah. pass on the on, on the on the script that they could have got. You know what there. though? I'd be remiss if I didn't mention when they're in eighth beat and they're doing like they're they're walking by the memory machine or whatever and they go and they do a memory each. And it's uh America Chavez's origin story essentially, right? It's her her parents are sucked into the multiversal portal. Um I couldn't help I you know, I can't not mention we might have another secret origin inside of the Multiverse of Madness because what is it that instigates America Chavez like getting her, I guess her, well she can already travel the Multiverse but just like, her going on her journey it's her getting scared of a bee. Oh snap! And the bee gets sucked into the portal and becomes swarm in the six foot thing. Oh, that is oh, the secret sh- origin. So we have swarm gang on swarm watch now. Hashtag swarm gang. Yo, I love it. I can't believe you Put those together. That if come on, <laughs> Kevin Feige, come yeah. on, baby, bring Swarm in to the MCU. You do it's it, right man. there. The B is right there. Do it. You know, Waldron wrote this, and he, you know, was the showrunner for Loki. We had like a very similar journey with uh, Lady Loki. How she kind of like from a young age went on this like journey through the timelines and through the different uh, alternate universes. So now we got America Chavez, and she brought a little bee friend along with her. Uh, into one of the alternate universes who gets corrupted somehow and joins a mad Nazi fantasy or something. <laughs> like, oh, becomes Swarm. They can do it. Where's it coming from? Over here. It's one of Swarm's techno bees. That's it. Swarm's techno bees are carrying them out diamond by diamond. Let's see where the little buzzer's going. that Swarm would build his own hive. A hive of criminal activity. <laughs> Thank you for another diamond, my little techno-bee. <laughs> After I add the diamonds to your stingers, you will be able to drill into anything and take what I want. That's all. That's all I have to say for this. My biggest nitpick. Other than that, I think it was a great movie, and I think it worked. So, I want to ask you guys. But, I want to ask you about what happens with Scarlet Witch. So we, I did feel the impact. I thought like it was good that America Chavez was involved in like kind of getting her to change, have a change of heart when she realized that her end goal is to end up like terrorizing these kids, these poor kids, and their mom, and you know everything. Like she just like realized the error of her ways, despite being controlled by the Dark Hold. She She's ultimately the one who has uh, Scarlet Witch is like too powerful for anyone to take down. She has to be the one to kind of like uh, save the day on that. On I that. think Wife Power has thoughts about that whole ending. So yeah, I'll so I wanted to bring that up because the the rocks like crush her, and she kind of gets that redemption, kind of similar to like a Darth Vader redemption. Um, but like at the same time, you know, you feel the impact like she might be gone. I think it's possible that you know, like I think you touched on it, Mike, that. Eventually, we're going to get her back in the MCU, but I think this is kind of like the end of the Scarlet Witch for now. Uh, what do you guys think of the whole thing? White Power, I want to hear your thoughts. Oh, I just, I hate it so much. This, this, the ending just left a bad, and I think that's where, like, it came out of the movie, and I didn't really know what to think about it. I didn't like it. It, it 
again, it doesn't make any sense to me. And um, the whole, like, the way that she snaps out of the evil, it's just not enough for me. Like, it's like that's, like, all she had to do was scare the two boys and she was out of it. Like, she just, it's like they made her so evil and she was doing all these horrible, terrible things. And for that to be, like, enough for her to overcome the dark hold it just again it just it doesn't make sense to me like it's just it's just lost like it like and it's hard because I love her character I'm like you Ian like she has been one of my favorite characters throughout the MCU and I think that's why I find it so hard to digest because I just think that this movie did her character such an injustice that like it's like she, she was so evil and so powerful and it's like the simplest thing snaps her out of it. It's like the, one of the most powerful like mind mutants in Xavier couldn't do it, but her just like seeing her kids could do it. So I don't, I, I have like qualms with it. It wasn't, it wasn't enough for me. And then especially like as like the climactic fight of the movie, it's like, that's, that's what defeats her. Like it, just kind of seems silly to me and kind of like a cop out of like they ran out of time and this was like the easiest way to like snap her out out of it but it's just like I didn't I didn't really like it 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 didn't it doesn't make sense to me and like you talk about like her redemption it's like I don't think that she can come back from this like to be honest it's like the things that she did in this movie there is no redemption like even her destroying, like, the dark world and, like, potentially herself, it's, like, good. Like, she, like... This version of her, the 616 version, yeah, but I was saying they could reach into the multiverses and grab other versions of her. The yeah, they could grab so, other versions yeah. of her, but, but Ian talked about, like, her destroying the dark world was, like, her kind of, like, redemption, like, saving, like, well, the, yeah, the, no, the, the, the version of her wasn't that wasn't the we, type of redemption where I was saying that people would forgive her. Like, they didn't really yeah, forgive it's her like, for I what to do either, right? It's more yeah. so just like a character, like that character is turn, uh, turned internal. But it might yeah, still make nobody like consider yeah, her. It just she. Yeah, I just I don't think there's any saving her her character there, and like her turning, like her turning point of when she like becomes good. It just it doesn't it just mm-hmm. didn't sit well. Like it just didn't. I didn't feel it strong enough to be like. Oh yeah, that would break her out of like the spell that this this book has on her. So like, just fell flat for me. That's fair. I did enjoy watching America Chavez punch her through a star shaped multiversal portal. What do you think of the um, the finale? I was I was gonna say like I I thought it was uh you know uh, I thought it fit and uh, I'm interested to see where it kind of took a twist at the very end. We should talk about the uh, post credit scene, but I also thought um. Like, for example, uh, I thought the quote-unquote death of the Scarlet Witch hit, hit me pretty good. So, like, I think that they should kind of keep her that way or do, like, you said, a variant version of her to bring her back. But the other route they could go is if they're playing the long game, they're trying to bring the X-Men into the MCU. They actually do the whole, like, uh, Scarlet Witch's Magneto's daughter thing and kind of uh, introduce her as a villain still for, like, the Brotherhood of Mutants. And then she can have a more long sort of redemption run and maybe turning back into Avengers or something kind of cool. Um, so that'd be cool. But uh, we should talk about like the whole Doctor Strange, he's been corrupted by the Dark World, and the third eye pops up at the end. Yeah, no, so he basically, Charlize Theron is Clea, there's now like a love interest of his, and he's got corrupted by the Dark World, third eye. What do you guys think of the stinger Multiverse Madness? Uh, not much, man. Just, it was, man. I, I found I felt the same way. Like I liked sort of the ending of the movie, but I didn't like the fact that, like, if they're teasing that he's corrupted by the Darkhold, I would rather them like him have to fight an evil version of himself or something. If that was the case, like, than him be like the evil, like the next villain in the third one. But I still think they could make an interesting trilogy out of this. I think Waldron's a pretty decent writer, and I would love to see Raimi come back and return. Yeah, I don't think the stinger like really makes sense if like. The third eye is a hint that he's still corrupted by the dark hole because wasn't the whole point 
is like he he makes a point to say that the Scarlet Witch destroyed it. She didn't just destroy it, but she destroyed it in every uni- like universe. Well, the Stinger thing. sort of betrays what happened at the end, where it's like, oh, it's yeah. a third eye. What's happening? Then the Stinger, he's like, he seems to be able to control it. He's like, I'm in. Flips his third yeah. eye on. It's like a new power. So it's like. It's not it very contradicts good. It's, the end where he's yeah, out. It's it very Raimi end, ending. So. Although the very end singer was hilarious with because every Sam Raimi movie's got to have a Bruce Campbell yeah. cameo where he's punching himself in the face, mm-hmm. uh, just like Evil Dead. So I thought I thought that was a really cool one. It was interesting that they didn't use him as like a variant strange, but I think it's better when you're kind of questioning Benedict Cumberbatch, like which version of Strange are we gonna get? So they yeah. kept it with Benedict. Uh, but yeah, that's Multiverse of Madness, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, Power, where can you find us? Yes, at Day Back In on social media. Uh, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash backinmyday. And the podcast is called Back On My Day. Find it on your podcast app of choice. Thank you for joining us for this very special bonus episode about Doctor Strange Multiverse in the Dalton Multiverse of Madness. Hashtag Miracle it. on Bleecker Street. <laughs> and thanks, White Power, Indian, for, for joining me in this episode. Oh, my phone's dead. <laughs>